Uh, Kenya was life-changing for me. Uh, the main thing I learned was that the Holy Spirit will give you the words when you need them, and he will enable you to do things you never thought that you could do. And so um, I want to tell you about one day. It was the first week on Thursday. It was the most amazing day. Uh, in the morning, I went to the pastor's conference with uh, Shirley Parrish. She asked me to help her to persuade these Kenyan pastors to do verse analysis. And um, anyway, so she taught them how to do it technically, and then I was supposed to sell them on it. So um, God helped me to share how that method of Bible study changed my life. And I didn't find out I was going to do this till the night before. But as I was speaking, the verse came to me, in Jesus Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit helped me tell those pastors, getting into the word, digging into the word, it's like you're finding a hidden treasure. It's so valuable. Anyway, it was, it was just mind-blowing time. And then in the afternoon, uh, we went to a school, and um, we did the puppet show. And I shared um, a flannel board story about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And um, uh, I just want to tell you, the next day I did that same story at that school, this uh, pastor of this Christian school got up in front of the kids and said, children, what did you learn today? And um, a little girl in the back in her British accent, she said, I learned Jesus has power over death. And it was just awesome. It was like the Holy Spirit got that through to those kids. And um, anyway, so then after the school, then we went to the marketplace. And this marketplace was in the middle of town, dirt, trash everywhere. It's where the street kids slept and sniffed glue and all that. And so we did the puppet show. And then I gave my testimony. And at the end of the testimony, just before the end, the power went off. And Brian Gotch was behind me, and he just said, shout it out. So, <laughs> and so I did. And, and <laughs> it was just, um, anyway, and so then all these street boys were coming up, and the first one came up to me, and he said, uh, ma'am, ma'am, I need prayer. And I said, what's your name? And he said, my name is John Emmanuel. And I said, do you know what Emmanuel means? It means God is with us. And when I said that, the Holy Spirit just came down and gave me the words to pray for this boy that, you know, no amount of training. I couldn't have done that. But God did it. And it was so amazing. And then more boys were coming. I don't know how many. But that day, it was just a spiritual high <laughs> for me. And um, then... The next day on Friday, we had the teacher training. And this was where um, I was supposed to teach. There were 16 teachers how to do uh, flannel board Bible stories and how to start a good news club. I never taught teachers before. And <laughs> so I got there. We got there 45 minutes late. And Chris Staub was helping me and, and Tim Shepard. I couldn't have done it without him. But... Um, Anyway, we got through the material, and um, just, even though I was 45 minutes late, I had just the right amount of material, <laughs> and they really liked 
putting the um, colored claws over their heads and role-playing the story of Daniel in the lion's den, just like we would have done it in Good, Good News Club. So it was just um, another time where the Holy Spirit was just right there to fill in the words for me when I didn't know what I was doing. And um, Dorcas, a lady who planned the teaching seminar, she said, I promise you I'm going to go into the schools and I want to make sure these teachers get these good news clubs started. So um, God is just just amazing. Um, and I just want to tell you that I just know it was the prayer that we, I mean, people were praying for a year. And then while we were there, teams were praying. And I thought, how can this be so easy? And it was the prayer that helped us to yield to the Holy Spirit and allow God to do things that just blew my mind, and it was just awesome. So, asante, that means thank you in Swahili. Jumbo. Just uh, going to share a little, uh, little bit of stuff I learned um, uh, during my experience in Kenya. Um, there's no really way to say it unless you went, but it was a marvelous trip. It was glorious. We had a very awesome time getting to know them. Um, if you ever get a chance to meet a Kenyan or go there, they're very open. And uh, they immediately, they, you know, they want to know your name. They want to know your family history, how old you are. They want to know everything about you, what grade. Um, it's amazing just to be able to free to be free and express ourselves and talk with them. And uh, just the depth of their spiritual lives are, um, are amazing. Um, but no trip goes without some complications. Um, so our first day there, uh, we woke up early because we were planning to go train the puppeteers, you know, right on time, really uh, jump into practice, get in to teach them. We were all fired up. And... There's this thing in Kenya called Kenya time where <laughs> things don't always go as you plan. Um, so we ended up being rather late. Uh, so we're all, we're not really twiddling our thumbs, but we're kind of thinking, you know, if we're trying to keep that fire still going, that passion, you know, we're going to train them, that kind of thing. And the time keeps going on. And, uh, you know, you just, as that time dragged out, I kind of felt this doubt, you know, wait a second, you know, the, this isn't going as planned. We're not going to be able to teach them as well as we thought. Uh, we're going to be missing some stuff, some information. Something's going to go wrong. And um, so I used that time, and I you know, just opened my Bible. And I was reading through Proverbs, and it says in Proverbs 19, uh, 21, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And uh, that just hit home right there. Um, you know, despite what's going on, despite the physical circumstances, God's purpose was being accomplished right then and there. Uh, whether we didn't see the good that was coming out of it, you know, God's going to do something. He's going to do something powerful. Um, but even with that, um, with our human minds, it's hard for us to, um, you know, understand why is this happening. We came all the way over here, you know, to train these people, to really lift them up and give them a tool that they can witness uh, to their uh, families and to their friends and it says just a little farther over in um, Proverbs twenty twenty four, man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? Um, and I figured out, you know, it's not our job to understand what's going on. 
It's our job to believe that God's doing something right now and then. Uh, he's prevailing. It's his purpose that's prevailing. Um, despite what's happening in our lives, um, God's doing something mighty. He's doing a great work. Um, and I often, there's many other lessons I learned, but I kind of gave them, you know, a little, oh, that's a Kenya lesson. Uh, that's something I learned in Kenya. But this is something that's not a Kenyan lesson. It's a life lesson. Um, throughout life, we're all going to be faced with difficult circumstances, uh, with difficult things to face, and God's purpose is prevailing. And uh, through our trip in Kenya, uh, God's purpose did prevail. Uh, puppeteers are very eager, and they learn quickly, and praise God. as well. Jumbo. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Patty and uh, John Beck and myself, um, we taught the puppet workshops. And it's interesting that Brian mentioned that first day. That first day was a little interesting. Um, we were two hours late. And um, I think a lot of our trainees were there, you know, waiting for us, just worshiping that whole time. Because when we got there, they were just worshiping in the top of our lungs. You know, that was pretty amazing. And we had planned to get there about 45 minutes early to be able to set up the stage, get all our materials, you know, prepared. And it's interesting because in that two-hour time span when we were waiting for our bus and stuff, um, I was like, you know, I need to prepare. I was supposed to teach that first day. I should prepare some verses, maybe a little devotional. And so I used that time to find a few verses, which was good because I ended up, speaking to them for about half an hour while our team was putting up the stage and preparing all the materials. Um, so the first day was a little rough, but God is good. Um, what surprised us when we got there was that uh, there were about maybe 42 uh, individuals there to be trained for uh, in puppets, and we had expected maybe about 20, 20 or so. <laughs> and so we had, you know, 25 copies of, you know, the materials or you know, we took uh, even like 25 shirts to give them. So we were a little overwhelmed by that. But um, God is good. Um, we, uh, I think 38 of them finished the training. So we gave about 38 certificates. Um, I taught a workshop, which ran into the next day since we were so late. And then John uh, Beck taught and Patty taught. And they were so eager to learn, so excited to see the puppets we were thinking kind of like the bishop and Susan, they probably hadn't seen puppets before, which they really hadn't. So um, we just kind of just, we just did a presentation to introduce them to the puppets instead of, you know, showing them a puppet. And they were just, they were very excited and they were very excited to handle the puppets, to learn um, puppetry, basic puppet manipulation and puppetry basics. And so uh, we were really excited to work with them. Um, it worked out really good because all of the all of our pops people and we even grabbed Brian Gotch and and Dallas to be in their training with us. We had group we grouped them into about uh, five four or five and they each had a teacher. Um, and so you'll see some pictures and a little bit of video too um, soon of, of that training session. But it went it went really really well. And then also they were able to go with us out uh, in the afternoons to schools or marketplaces. Not all of them joined us, but the, um, the several that were had the vision for puppetry. And um, they were, I think they were so excited to see how big of a crowd we would gather 
especially, you know, in the marketplaces, um, we would just set up the stage, the puppets would come up, and people would just come. Like, it was like a magnet. And uh, they were so excited about how, uh, about the tool that it is for ministry and for evangelism, because the bishop would be like, okay, okay, that's enough. Let's, let's pray for him now. And, you know, it's like the puppets were just like essentially a tool or a way of get, drawing the people, and then the message is spoken. And so many gave their lives to the Lord um, just when we were out and about. And, and we're so excited to know that, that ministry will continue because we left um, so many materials, more than we thought, uh, with them for them to initiate and start their own ministry. And Patty's going to talk a little bit about the leadership that God raised up for that. So this is an answer to prayer, too, big time. As we worked with all this uh, 37 people, you know, we thought, no way you can do a puppet team with that number of people. And we were praying, where are the leaders? Where are the leaders? And some we could clearly identify. Some were pastors who were evangelists. You could just feel their evangelistic heart. One lady who impacted me greatly, her name was Winifred, and she went with us everywhere and translated for us. But she was, to me, uh, like someone out of the Bible, a pure young woman whose whole focus was 100% for the Lord and for winning people. Um, she is next to me on this, the picture uh, we ke- I kept asking the bishop, saying, we need to know who your leaders are because we need to train them a little bit differently in how to organize the team and how much practice you need. And it didn't happen uh, as we thought. Uh, we were always on Kenya time where you just had to be flexible and go with the flow. But finally, what was the perfect time, the last day we were there, as part of our team was installing a water tank for them, uh, the bishop said, here are the leaders. Will you meet with them? And what a privilege it was to meet with these. They all have a passion for evangelism. That was probably the greatest impact upon me. Um, I will never look at a puppet the same because they looked at it as, wow, here's the tool that will bring the crowd so we can preach Jesus. I mean, that was just the passion of their heart. And it was almost humbling to to be giving them that tool when that passion was just overwhelming to me. And so pray for these ones that you see. They will take up the mantle of organizing some of those 35 to be teams. And they've already had many pastors saying, come to our church, come to our area. Uh, they were, we had freedom to go in public schools. The whole school came. We could preach Jesus, pray for people have people receive Christ. Then they'd go to the marketplace nearby. The pastor, um, Bishop Anguko's son, has a burden for what they call the Bora Bora. And these were, a lot of the men we saw just seemed to be by the roadside with bicycles or motorcycles. And their bicycles would have a platform on the back. Well, that was so they could give people rides for money. And that was their livelihood. And he had a passion to reach those people. So we targeted marketplaces where the Bora Bora could hear the message, and they did. So um, we covet your prayers for them. As we finished our talk with them, we prayed with them. And their prayers, again, the passion in their hearts, so touched Sarah and I. You know, we were just in tears. And the thing, two things that we know that they need, um, 
we were using a sound system there and a generator because there was not electricity, but it was borrowed. And they need their own sound system, which is a big hurdle. But they're expecting God to provide. The other thing that we take for granted, when we do a puppet ministry here, we just pack up our vans and go. Well, they don't have vans. They don't have cars. They're on the Bora Boras, or they're walking. So they will need money in order to rent a little bus or a van to get from place to place. But their heart is so excited to reach not only Kenya, but Tanzania and Uganda and the other uh, places around with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, um, I just can't emphasize enough the passion they have to win others to Jesus. And uh, it just fires up your own heart. All right. I hope, hope that gives you a little bit of a sense of uh, just the beauty of Kenya, the beauty of the Kenyan people, um, the beauty of our trip. It was just uh, tremendous. Uh, it's just too much to try and capture, you know, in the three minutes that I was given. Everything from just the enthusiasm of their evangelism, like Patty mentioned, or, you know, the power of their worship, or just the intensity of their prayers and their reliance on the Lord. I mean, there were just so many things that just impacted us and, and we brought home with us. Um, but I want to share one particular experience that we had. Um, our typical schedule was that we would do uh, trainings with the puppet team in the morning. It was our group, I guess, the, the puppet group. Is we'd do trainings with the puppet team in the morning. And then we'd go out and do outreaches. And we typically would do one in a school. And then we'd move from the school to a marketplace nearby. Uh, and so we'd have a couple of outreaches in the, in the afternoon, uh, in one and Patty shared, I'm sorry, uh, Charlene shared about this, this place a little bit, but it was, uh, kind of the center of town and it was the center of a lot that was going on. Like the, the Boda Boda people were there and then there were a lot of street kids and a lot of street people in general. And, uh, it was probably one of the most powerful outreaches that we did. We had one of the best responses there. But at the same time, for me particularly, and I think for a lot of our group, it was the one of the most difficult because uh, just in this particular area, there was so much of just our humanness and our depravity there. Just so much of what we saw between the kids that were, you know, sniffing glue and, and asking for food and you know, there were a couple of disruptions of some guys that had been drinking and were shouting and stuff. And, and so it was just a difficult place to be. And we just saw in, in, in a raw way just uh, some of the hardships that, that people are, are facing. And for me in particular, it was my job to give in a sort of an outreach or, a, or an evangelistic message at that place. And so uh, what I tried to do was really pray beforehand that the Lord would give me eyes to see the people that were standing there uh, just through his compassion, just through the compassion that the Lord had for them. And in doing this, it was kind of incredible what happened, just that uh, I'd seen poverty before, and I'd seen uh, a, a lot of people in, in hard situations, and and it, I'm not new to that, but it, in doing that, I, I feel like my heart just broke for the people there and for the kids and so to try and connect with these people and to, to look them in the face and to declare that 
Jesus is the answer to their needs was a process that was really difficult for me to swallow and tested my faith in a lot of ways and asked, caused me to ask this question of, if, is that true? You know, is the Lord big enough to meet their needs? Because they're big. Because they are in a situation that isn't even comprehensible for me as an American with all of my comforts and, and food and, you know, my house and, and everything. Well, it's not my house, but Jim's house. <laughs> uh, but it, it caused me to stop and to think, you know, is this true that Christ is what these kids and these people need? And the answer that came back is a resounding yes. Is a resounding that's all that they need. And that is the answer. And is, you know, we got back on that bus uh, the thought just was came to me that, you know, here in Kenya, we are always going to be getting back on the bus to leave. And um, it's our job, and I'm, and I'm so thankful that our, our mission was to go and to strengthen and to train and to equip and to encourage the Kenyan church because they're the ones that are there. They're the ones that are staying. And they're the ones that are continue that job of telling these people the good news. And so I'm thankful for their fervor for evangelism because it is the answer to all of Kenyan issues, all of American issues, all of the issues, all of the problems that we have in this life. Uh, If I brought back nothing else, it was a deepened faith that, yes, Christ is the answer. And so I just want to say praise God because he is big enough to encounter the biggest of the problems that uh, we can come across. And he's big enough to answer them and to take care of them in his mercy and in his goodness. And so I just want to say praise God for that and to share a little bit of our time. Jumbo. Uh, I'd like to share about one of the experiences I had in Kenya. When we were there, we, um, I was mainly with the puppet team, but I also spent some time with Jim since he uh, wanted me to work on his technical stuff. And I'll give a little background. I don't know how many of you guys remember in 08, after the elections, there was a lot of tribal violence in Kenya. And um, in the area we were in, the big tribe there is the Luya tribe. And during that tribal violence time, they had driven out many of the Kikuya, which is a tribe that were mainly businessmen in that area. And we, when we went with Millard and Shirley, they have a friend and co-worker. His name is Peter Mbugwa. You saw him in the slideshow. He's a Kikuya. And he actually came with us to Kakamega and spent some time with our ministries and helping us. And uh, one of the sessions after Jim had showed the film Fireproof, the bishop, um, Peter Onguko, got up and started to give a, I'm not sure, he, he gave, a, I guess, a talk, an apology for the Luya tribe to the Kikuya tribe. And it was very moving because, you know, these two tribes were at each other's throats and 
killing each other, and even some of the pastors, unfortunately, from what I understand, were a part of it. And Peter um, Umbugwa actually broke down and started crying. It was it was very touching. And then the bishop actually brought in water and washed Peter's feet just to show that he wanted reconciliation between the two tribes. What I felt like God spoke to me there personally was that he's a God of reconciliation and he wants he wants the tribes in Kenya to be reconciled but he also wants us to be reconciled to him and that was part of our mission was to train the Kenyans so they could take God's message to those who weren't reconciled to him to bring reconciliation between God and man. Thank you guys for sending us. One of the things that I learned was is that um, our significance is relegated to the rear of the room. You know, and, and Christ, Jesus Christ, uh, wants to be in the forefront. He wants to be, he deserves to be in the forefront of the room. And so many times when circumstances didn't work out or schedules went a wire or whatever that word is, um, Christ was yet fulfilling his purposes there. And I think that transcends to our daily lives, that he wants to be in the forefront of our lives and of our perspectives and wants us to take a place in the rear of the room, if that makes sense. Um, I also just want to share an experience I had, not, not an experience, but an impression the women over there in Kakameg and Vahidi, um, very poor, and uh, their daily responsibilities and prov providing for their families and homes makes our walk look kind of, our responsibilities here as women look like a cakewalk, you know. And, um, but the neat thing was that for the believing women over there, there's an added dimension to their lives, and that is Christ and his strength and the courage that he gives them every day to, to continue on in faith and the hope and the joy that they have in the future. Um, the worship, they, 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 they worship God with abandon because he is everything. He is their hope and their uh, joy and their strength. And that really impressed me a lot. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see it lived out in the lives of women in the midst of the squalor and the poverty that they, they were in. It was all about the life of Christ living and active in them. And just on a, on a personal testimony note, when I got back, I was among the ones whose luggage did not return on Saturday. So my luggage came Sunday afternoon, and the woman uh, delivering it rang, you know, came to the door and James and I answered, and she said she brought our luggage, and James said, are you all right? And she said, well, no, uh, I'm in pain right here, and my arm is tingling. And James said, well, can we pray for you? And, and she said, well, yes. So James and Jeremy Garrett was over, and I, we all went outside, and we prayed for the woman, and she prayed as well. 
and just um, really spent some time with her. And then she said that the house she had been at before ours, she got to the door and she asked the lady, she said, are you a doctor or a nurse or a Christian? And the lady said, no, I'm none of those. And so she delivered the bag, got back into the car, and said, Lord, I really need help. She arrived at our house, and as she was coming up our steps, the Lord said, I'm going to meet you here. These people will pray for you. And so that's what happened. And after our time together, um, she said there, you know, she wasn't in pain anymore and that um, we could just tell by her countenance that the Holy Spirit had filled her up. And um, the Lord exhorted me afterwards that we are to continue to lend ourselves to him here at home as well as anywhere else he chooses to send us. I bring you greetings from the front line. As they say in Kenya, in the area we were staying, when they greeted each other, they'd say, Mwembe Mano, peace to you. Um, what you just saw is the flag skit. And uh, as you've learned, we'd go to either a school or an elementary, um, or a marketplace, sorry, and perform puppets. In between each song, we'd have either a skit a testimony, um, a message. And the flag skit was one of those we performed in between. And uh, we'd have a limited time. So when, when, we're, when we're performing, it was Kenya time, which is whatever goes flows. So they'd come up to us and say, oh, you got like five more minutes, ten more minutes. And we'd ask, well, what do you want us to do? And they'd say, that exciting skit which was a flag skit, but uh, in there, it's so much more real. In there, it was a literal battle. In Kenya, it was spiritual. And because it was spiritual, the meaning of that skit to them was spiritual. I remember one time, this is probably the second time, uh, he performed that skit in the marketplace that Brian and uh, Mrs. Dunn was talking about. Um, I remember doing a puppet song and doing that flag skit. And I'm not one of those people that stand up and just talk and feel awesome about it. I'm usually pretty nervous, um, pretty shy. But uh, I felt anointing, and I felt like I should say something about it. So I come back out, and... Uh, I was thinking, you know, that's, that's a message about how God sets people free. And that should be exciting. That should be fun. That should be powerful. And, and as I got out there, I was walking out with a big smile, you know, like I'm just going to tell them about the power of God, the power of his blood. And once I start, it went the exact opposite. I was fierce. I was intense. And uh, I felt kind of bad afterwards because I was, I was kind of like this. And I was kind of like, whatever binds you, whatever keeps you from God, he can set you free. And I mean, I was like, is this me talking, you know? Is this it's me? It's not me. But I remember afterwards, because I was wondering how well I did, um, I talked to Peter and Bogo, one of our fellow Kenyans there. 
And uh, he said, Jonathan, oh, it's good. He said, you sounded like, get saved or get out of town, you know? And I was like, but he's like, oh, it's good. It's good. Good reaction, you know? Good reaction. It's like, praise God, because I, I, I you know, my first intention's, ah, yeah, Jesus. And it turned to Jesus. But one of the things I learned from that skit and from my experience in Kenya shortly was that uh, life is a battle. You know, what we saw here today happened to just about every one of us at some point in our life, our conversion. But we forget the rest of that story. That battle continues. It rages on. And what I love about that skit is that it's violent. It's personal. Much like life is. So I encourage you all to keep on fighting. Don't let your uh, guard down. Keep on seeking God. Keep on believing in the power of God. And it can change people's lives. Praise God. Hello. Uh, I really enjoyed going to Kenya. It was fun. Uh, as you just saw, I did a lot of skits. We, for some reason, I was always the guy that was just kind of searching and really lost. <laughs> but I'm really glad that I got to do that because that got to help me so much. Because, I mean, we did one skit. We never actually did it in Kenya. But it was the sheep and the goats. Or no. No. I lied. Uh, the skit I'm talking about uh, is Hungry and Thirsty. And we did this a lot. And this guy goes and, you know, he's hungry and thirsty. And he's going and seeing everybody that, you know, that's got something. You know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or money. And he's trying to be satisfied. And he never gets satisfied. He leaves hungrier and just more confused and doesn't know what's going on until at the end, in total frustration, he just gives up and throws down his life, and then he finds Christ. And it's so great. Even though it's acting, I just feel like, you know, that was my testimony almost. It was just, you know, throwing down myself and turning around and seeing Christ just standing there with open arms, with a big smile, just saying, hey, I'm right here. And it was so great to go there having done these skits so that I could just relate with the people. Even though I hadn't gone through it, I could understand what they had gone through. And it just changed my entire outlook. And I could go there as if, you know, I had just come out of the worst thing of my, and Christ just saved me. I, you know, I felt like I could have, you know, had a great testimony that I, I could have, you know, been David in the lion's den and just being saved by Christ. And it was so nice just to be able to, to relate with those people and just how God opened that door. And then he kept going and gave me opportunities to go and preach where supposedly no white man has preached before. <laughs> and... <laughs> And it was just amazing because even though, you know, I didn't think of my testimony as all that great, I got up there and God just started telling me what to say. And it turned out being my testimony. And 
what I do on a daily basis. And it just caught them on fire. And they just got so excited to, to see, you know, just a young kid who's going to seek after the Lord. And it's nothing that I had thought was anything special. But they were just so hungry and so excited to see other brothers and sisters from thousands of miles uniting with them. And it just, it was so great. Amen. Well, it's really um, kind of hard to follow everybody else. Um, I've been really encouraged. I'm sure you all have too. Um, as I think most everybody knows, um, we went uh, uh, representing from the Little Lighthouse. Um, I got to be the bridge between TCF and the Little Lighthouse, and Gloria is with the Little Lighthouse, and Sherry, who's behind the camera over there. And we got to go and, and um, do some seminars on working with children with special needs. We um, had kind of the same schedule as the puppets. We did seminars in the morning and outreach in the afternoon. And um, we also got to experience Kenyan time and uh, have our, you know, kind of fly by the seat of your pants when the PowerPoint doesn't work and you're two hours late. But, you know, we just trust God that what was to be delivered was delivered. Um, We, uh, and so I'm just going to say... just a little bit um one of our prayers and we we had been kind of told by several people susan anguko for one that children with special needs um in this area in particular that we were in were still hidden in the back room they didn't have much opportunity at all um often they were just hidden in the house um the, they were ashamed. They were. Um, they were. Felt, parents felt like God was judging them. Um, so um, you know, we went with the thought that we were going to need to plant seeds. You know that that these children have value, and it's not a judgment of God. Um, and in Kakamega, I would have to say we did two seminar sessions. Uh, we did uh, four days. <laughs> Four days, I can't remember, four days in Kakamega and then four days in another city, Vahiga. And I would say in Kakamega, um, we were probably planting some seeds in Kakamega. Um, the one woman whose Gloria's going to tell you about had um, a little more um, heart and investment in it, but we were planting seeds there. When we got to Vahiga, God had gone before us. And God had planted the seeds, and we were there to water and nurture. Um, the, we were, the church had already had the vision and the heart to work with children and to help children with special needs. And um, they um, had actually two men with special needs in their congregation. And to stand up there and talk about working with children with special needs and how God loves them and the dignity that they, they have and deserve and to see the faces of those two men um was just really overwhelming and encouraging at the same time they beamed because someone was saying they had value and i also felt that they saw because 
the there were a lot of kids with special needs in this seminar. Uh, the mother they gotten the mothers to come out and bring their children, and you know I also felt like they they saw these children and thought they're going to have a better life than I am because our society is changing, and so you know we planted seeds and we got to water and nurture, and um, it was just great. Well, one thing that strikes me as I've heard everyone share and um, when the team met yesterday is the power of prayer, the power of prayer that had been ongoing all year long by your church and by those of us whose families knew we were going and they were persevering in prayer. We really felt that. We really felt that the whole time. And I can't tell you how much that was valued and appreciated uh, when our particular little lighthouse group meant, uh, met, we had five uh, <clears throat> goals or outcomes that we hoped that would happen. Two of them um, I'd, I would like to address. Uh, the first one being changing the paradigm of thinking towards children or people with special needs. And Linda shared a little bit about that. <clears throat> On our last day in Vihiga, uh, Minister of Education from the area came and exhorted the people and exhorted the parents, no longer hide your children. We want them. We want them to come. We want to help them. Uh, Our first day in Vihiga, a man from um, named Wilmington came, or Wellington, I'm sorry, Wellington, W. Anyway, came and said, you know, where I'm with the education department. We want these children to come and get assessed. And he started talking about early education. Well, this addressed the primary uh, vision or goal that we had is that God would raise people up um, who would catch the vision. You know, we came, we shared, we gave what we could, but we can't fix the problem. But there are people that, and it wasn't up to us and really, God had to deal with my heart about that. It really wasn't us up to us to fix it. It was up to us to motivate and impart vision. And I think through the power of prayer, the ongoing prayer that happened all year, that occurred. Um, in Kakamega, God raised up a woman named Milka who really, really had a heart, who really, be- God, I, we could see that God began to deal with her She mentioned on the last day that um, she goes, what do you think about this and what do you think about that? And one of the things she mentioned was, oh, I could go into the hospitals if they would let me and talk to the parents um, when they have these children and let them know, oh, they need to start and and be assessed and evaluated and that there's hope. and um, And I'm like, oh, this is such a wonderful... Way to start, we hadn't even mentioned that, but already God was working on her. And Anne, the pastor's wife in Vihiga, had gone out into the community and told these mothers we were coming, and they brought their children. And she has already um, had a follow-up mother's meeting, and two of the children have been assessed uh, by Wellington's group at the education center so I can't um, overemphasize just that power of prayer 
and how important it was, you know, to get your vision before you and keep persevering. And I want to thank you all for letting me be a part, for Sherry and I, even though we're not um, in this particular church body, we never, ever felt that we weren't part of what was going on. And so I want to thank you all for that. Well, thank you for being so gracious and listening to our stories. We hope that you've caught just a bit of what we experienced and what we learned. Um, I want to just um, reiterate a couple things. One is that the Kenyan believers with whom we affiliated over there believe that there is a church in Tulsa that loves them. And um, I think you guys have demonstrated that love by your generous giving. I couldn't believe, um, as I watched various ones donate beyond um, anything dreamed of to enable us to go. And also in your prayers, um, we really felt like you were with us, that, we were, that we're one. Amen? It wasn't us being special. It was uh, us as a church. Um, doing something together. And I just want to thank you for that. We really, I can't express that enough, how much uh, you, you were with us in every way, and we with you. Um, the bishop and Susan send their greetings. All the pastors send their greetings. Again, they, they really believe, uh, and I do too, that we love them and um, that we've made an investment. And, of course, we learned a tremendous amount about humility and about servanthood and about uh, vibrant worship and about dedication and um, just, a tr just tremendous lessons. I want you also to know that Millard and Shirley are just uh, wonderful, wonderful representatives of TCF um, and the heart of God over there. I, I remember Gordon visiting them and coming back and, and telling the elders how esteemed Millard and Shirley are in Kenya, and we saw that firsthand. They are very, very esteemed and honored and have made a great investment there. They come alive over there. They are just so uh, exuberant and joyful, and so we need to support them as best we can when they're here and feel somewhat uh, out of place. Again, I want to thank Vivian for your hard work with Aunt Ruth and others. And Carol, I don't, did Carol step out? Anyway, we, we bless you and thank you so much for, for your role. Let's pray for Kenya to, as a way to close. Amen. Would you stand and um, again, thank you for hanging with us, but let's just lift up this great nation and the believers there. Father, we remember your word that says, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will. And so we thank you for the invitation and the chance to go to Kenya. Thank you for the Kenyan believers, Lord, and how they model so much of the heart of Jesus. Thank you for those of us who were able to go and experience that firsthand, and we pray that the pictures and the testimonies today would also impart a bit of that to those who stayed by the stuff. 
Thank you for going before us. Thank you for using our strengths to bless the Kenyan believers, and thank you that while, while that was going on, you were ministering to our weaknesses. Thank you for the worldwide body of Christ, Lord. Thank you that we are one in Jesus. We are one in Christ, and we need each other. Now we want to pray for the Kenyans. Father, we pray that you would give them greater boldness, even though they are a model to us of boldness. We pray for greater boldness. We pray for greater anointing, Father. We pray for greater resources that they might complete the work that you have for them. We pray for greater joy for them and for greater faith, O God. We pray for peace. We pray for political stability in that land. And we pray for righteousness to roll down like waters. And we pray, Father, for perseverance among the saints, among those who are our friends and those we don't know, Lord, who get up every morning and don't know how they're going to get through the day. We pray that that faith and that courage and that joy and that perseverance would come every morning. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so, Father, we pray for a wonderful impartation of your Holy Spirit to our friends and the believers in Kenya. And we pray for ourselves, Father, that we would be faithful to continue to pray for them. And we just, again, thank you for this tremendous gift. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Jim. Hasn't this been a great morning? Just want to, uh, first of all, remind you, if you didn't see enough pictures this morning, uh, did you know they took 7,000 pictures? <laughs> the various team members. Now, we, uh, if you really want to see all 7,000, we have them here at church, but we're going to upload several hundred of them to the website, not to our page. You'll be able to link to it from the TCF web page. If you haven't had a chance to read the reports from the team while they were there, that page will remain up for several months. We'll have it up there. We'll probably even see if we can link to that video, put the video online as well. So I want to remind you also that, uh, as is our habit on the last Sunday of month, we have a basket here for a benevolence offering. If the Lord would direct you to give to that uh, benevolence fund, you can uh, drop your offering here. So, okay, that's it. I think everything that needs to be said has been said. We're dismissed.